Happy are those whom you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. Psalm 65, verse 4. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Dowd. And I'm Reagan Gilliland. And I'm Julie Henson. And this is Off Script, the podcast where we look back on a sermon series and take a deeper dive on the theology behind it, get a chance to discuss anything that ended up on the cutting room floor. And we are talking about our gratitude sermon series, which was November 12th and 19th. Am I doing my math correctly? That's correct. That's correct. And uh, every one of us in here preached one of those sermons. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. What's your first question, Reagan? <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you want to share with us, Reagan? No, well, we just got back from Thanksgiving, so oh, I wanted yeah. to make sure oh, we yeah. had a great Thanksgiving, anything, and yeah, it yeah. shall happen, best meal. I listened whatever. to Julie's sermon from yesterday and mm-hmm. realized mm-hmm. that we both choose the proper turkey for Thanksgiving. We do. Oh, the green? Greenberg. The Greenberg. I thought your turkey was burnt, but I think that's just what it looks like, Chris. Yeah, I got it. I, yes, somebody made a smart aleck comment about that. That's what a smoked turkey that from Greenberg looks like. Yeah, you don't eat the you don't eat the skin. No, yeah. I don't know. My husband has smoked a turkey. It didn't look like that, but maybe it's different spices. You is know, how a, different. Is he a professional smoker? He probably thinks he is. I mean, Greenberg was on <laughs> Oprah's favorites right. list. We were too. Oprah didn't get it wrong. We, we won. Oh, no, yeah, okay. We yeah. <laughs> I wrote Oprah once, but was that your first time having that kind of turkey, Chris? Or do you? Always no. Have that? So when we were in Sherman, we did a big capital project, and the owner of the company that was the general contractor was actually the mayor, still is the mayor of Sherman. And as a gift that year, he sent me a Greenberg turkey and we happened to be hosting at, uh, at Christmas that year. And we had it. And I was like, wow, this is the way to go. Cause yeah. you don't have to worry about basting and getting up at the crack of dawn. And mm-hmm. you just serve it at room temperature. It's awesome. It's wonderful. It's magic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll get you one next year. Maybe. Well, that's a pretty generous gift. It is. And then we watch, you all watch the parade dog show. Oh yeah, not the dog show. Okay, no, no, football, no, football the and the show. parade. Some of the parade and then football. We actually went out to East Texas this year. So my parents have a farm out in East Texas that was my grandmother. So it was inherited by the three um, siblings. And so this was actually our first year to be out at the farm, which was really special. My mom has just a little tiny home cabin out there, and so it was me and my parents and and Kyle and James. And it was, the weather was perfect huh. yeah, so we nice. actually sat outside and ate right next to we've got a tank or a pond down at the back of it where the house is and so it was quiet and <laughs> it was just perfect yeah we had a uh, christ united methodist church member march in the parade the texas oh, yeah. tech marching band oh, oh the yeah. experience right yeah 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 that's good did you ever march in the parade nope okay i didn't uh, no i mean i was never in band I don't but, know if you dance. I've seen your oh, dancing. It's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, that could have that could have been surgical dancing. Yeah. I did ask Kyle though because I was curious, like if JJ Pierce had if he went, you know, to yeah. New York and did the parade. He didn't, but he did a Carnegie Hall thing one oh, one year. So yeah. Okay. You, Chris, did you perform in the Macy's Day Parade? <laughs> no, but it's on my bucket list. I I love that parade. That whole scene and the weather looked great. Yeah, I mean, cold but great. One of the announcers um, was on the big turkey. And to the sides of Hoda. her, oh Hoda, yes, yeah. To the sides of her were two women dressed like turkeys, yeah. And I want to be one of them. <laughs> you want to be a backup dancer? Yeah. Well, I wasn't we're, even a dancer. It was she was? It was like a showgirl. But I mean, the the feathers and like I just it was a, a very turkey. fancy turkey huh. costume. 
So that's what I'd like to do. Just okay. stand there and wave in a turkey that's costume. That's a good goal. Yes. That's a good goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Goals. I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's enough. We should talk about the sermons. Yeah. Okay. So the first week in our gratitude series, uh, Chris, you kind of shared some stuff like in the hallway randomly that you found out some interesting facts about the Mayflower and the yeah. people that first came over. Anything else interesting? Well, I took about- some of it out yeah. <laughs> because it got a little, right. <laughs> like half of them died the first year. I'm like, well, that's not. It's uplifting. Yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of alluded to the struggle of the first year. Yeah. But when they're at, at the end of that first year, I, I don't, I'm looking at my manuscript. I, I think I cut it out. Uh, I think you see. said only four of them were women. Yeah. That, I Literally. remember that yeah, yeah. That, that was the, That was the thing that was striking. So there were 100 people sailed from England on the Mayflower. By the time they se- they celebrated the first Thanksgiving, there were 50 of them left. There were three married women. Most of the women died. There were 20, either 22 or 28 children and youth. And then everybody else was men. So it was actually a, I mean, almost half of the half that were remaining mm-hmm. were children and youth. Yeah. Interesting. You had some theories about why all the women died. I don't know. If I, did I? I don't know. Actually, no. You were you were the I one said that I was said surprised. you were surprised because, because women are so much tougher than men. Yeah. They Typically. get a they get a cold and they're like, oh. But there were a lot of kids. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, the infant the the what do you call it? Not the infant mortality rate, but the maternal mortality rate yeah. during pregnancy. Yeah, it was probably very. Oh high. my gosh, it had to have been really high. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the men but, were like, "What do we do?" Well, that's. Yes, let's get the Native Americans to help us, please, because we're really in rough shape here. Yeah. Oof. Uh, any other Mayflower or First Thanksgiving facts? I didn't know that there was only one contemporaneous account of the First Thanksgiving. The one that most people read was written like decades later. Oh, okay. So that was interesting. Yeah. And, you know, their table looked obviously very different than ours. I don't, I don't think turkey was on the table, actually. I don't think. But... It was the end of a very difficult period, and they felt like they needed to give thanks to God, mm-hmm. which is where you know where obviously where we have the traditions come down to us. But it mm-hmm. did not become. Do you know the story of when it became the fourth Thursday in Mm-mm. November? No. It was in 1863. Um, Abraham Lincoln declared it a national holiday. That's right. That year, mm-hmm. because it it was celebrated in the fall. I think probably in most states but just all over the board. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of 1863, it looked like the Union was going to win, even though the war went on for another year and a half. Um, and he declared that to be National Thanksgiving Day. And the, the proclamation that Lincoln wrote is really cool. I've used that in a sermon before. Oh, man. Good old Abe. Good old Abe. Yeah, good stuff. Um, okay. What about, Julie, did you find anything interesting as you were looking into the Mayflower? or anything? I know you mentioned it briefly. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned it briefly just with the um, uh, in, in, a t- in a tie to um, when we think about um, our own struggle with gratitude and with the days that we can't find anything to be mm-hmm. grateful for. The people who came over on the Mayflower, if they can find something to be grateful for, I think I think we yeah. should be able to get there most days. <laughs> yeah. So it was more around perspective and just trying to. Um, uh, trying to give some perspective around when we don't think we can be. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who have been much worse off than we are that found a way to. Okay. Was that kind of your main thread? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So I want to, I'll get back to you, Chris, in a second, but Julie, you brought in a quote from Diana Butler, yeah, Butler Bass, Bass. Mm-hmm. DBB, yes. if we, as we call her. 
Um, can you share the quote about gratitude? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, she wrote a book called grateful and in it, she talks about how we should have an ethic of gratitude and that gratitude is not just a feeling, but it should be more of a disposition, meaning that we do not have to feel grateful in order to have acts of gratitude in our life and do things to practice gratitude. Okay. Do you agree with that, Chris? You feel oh, like? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. I've read that book. It's good. I don't like it, but I agree with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't like the idea? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea and the book just fine. I just don't, you know, that whole, even when you don't feel like it is a, is a tough one for me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Chris, you have mentioned like, well, since I've been here, you've, you've talked about the gratitude journals yeah. and mm-hmm. things that you've done, yeah, yeah. but have you always been like that? Oh, or no. so like, and you made, you poked fun at yourself how you can. Um, what's the word? I don't know. Uh, they, you can see something really good and then like you can pick out like, oh yeah, that yeah, like yeah. thing that went wrong or yeah. something. Was that so, in that sermon? Was that in the, I can't remember. I think it might have been. I think it was. Yeah. Um, and so like, how have you like trained yourself or like does, are there, have there been particular scriptures that have helped you change that mindset or like, what? On my prayer list every day is, so I'm a, I'm a one on the Enneagram which if anyone who's listening knows about the Enneagram, that the the kind description of a one is the reformer because you tend to see the things that are wrong and need fixing. The uh, kind of shadow side of that is perfectionist where you just can't let anything go, um, which is exhausting to be around for people who are not ones. <laughs> and so on my um, prayer list every day, I pray for uh, an awareness of my tendency it's more eloquently worded than this, but an awareness of my tendency to, to pick stuff out like that and to, and to be, and to live in the healthy side of being a one. So you guys, are you both Harry Potter fans? Yes. Yes. So the Enneagram description of the Harry Potter characters is Dumbledore is a one. Okay. But you, but that can go one of two ways. Like sometimes he can be insufferable and then sometimes he can be very inspiring and and collegial and stuff. Mm. So I want to be that version of Dumbledore. Um, when I think about, I'm, I'm rereading Harry Potter right now. That's why it's on my mind. So, I, to me, it's a practice. It's praying for that, like being aware of it every day, and then intentionally doing. Like I did my gratitude journal before I came to work today, mm-hmm. so as, I, as I usually do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like practicing is key. Yeah, another good book that I, I don't know that I do the the three every day, but my prayer life is always structured around the Anne Lamott's book, help. Thanks. Wow. Mm-hmm. That if uh, w- in my own prayer life it, and I journal. And so I, I often read it after I write mm-hmm. it and go, okay, so I was really stuck in the help <laughs> or I was really stuck in one particular place. And so going through those, okay, have I named something that I'm asking for help with? Have I named something that I'm giving um, gratitude to God for it by, named something that has, you know, not necessarily been miraculous, but been awe-inspiring or wondrous mm-hmm. or um, helped me see um, see God's presence in, in the world or in my life. So um, it's not specifically or only gratitude, but I feel like gratitude is always sort of a piece of that. And that's even what you find in Scripture, um, even in the different prayers in the Psalms, um, are these prayers that include gratitude. Mm-hmm. So what is your, what are your behaviors look like when you realize like you haven't been practicing gratitude or like that? Like, do you, 
do you feel yourself like, oh gosh, I'm. That's not appropriate for radio. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. When I catch myself, you know, overreacting to something, which has happened a time or two or with the boys or whatever, Mm -hmm. like, like over parenting or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, (laughs) it works for me. I apologize to God. Like I'm like, Mm. uh, you know what? I, I know better than that. Help me do better. And then, but it's always both ends because I, mm-hmm. if I'm left to my own devices, I'm going to be in this, um, I mean, I would say the shadow side of these, mm-hmm. of the way that I'm wired. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's, it's a very consistent dialogue with God. How about you? Like, what about your gratitude practices? So, yeah, I have like a, um, in one of my, like daily, like my planner calendar thing, like there's space for like things I'm grateful for, things that I need, pr- you know, and so trying to put that. Um, and I don't, I feel like I'm always grateful for, for kind of the same things, which I'm like, maybe I should put more variety, but like, <laughs> but in that way, I feel very um, lucky that I have these like consistent things that I'm like, that are steady right. and like unchanging and unwavering. So like in one way, I'm like, oh, I, I'm, gr- I'm more grateful um, and I don't, and I also feel like I never have to search very long. I don't have to be like, oh gosh, what am I grateful for today? <laughs> right, like, right. I feel like things immediately come. And so then that just makes me have like, again, it rises up in me where I'm like, oh my gosh, I do have so much to be grateful for because mm-hmm. I don't have to sit and think very long mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean there's, you know, there's not hard things in my life, but I'm like, oh, these things rise to the top very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, in that in that psalm, are there any particular verses that, um, I don't know, you know how sometimes you read a passage like, oh gosh, that verse really speaks to me. You know, it's funny is that, so I, I think I picked these scriptures initially and just ran it by everybody, right? That's oftentimes the way we do it, but mm-hmm. I picked these because of uh, they're Thanksgiving. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. they're the recommended ones for Thanksgiving Day, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that week when I was getting, when I was preparing the sermon, I'm like, man, why did you, I pick this? Yeah, like, couldn't you just go on with like Psalm 23 <laughs> or something? Because, um, <laughs> I mean, it had a bunch. I, I talked in the sermon about the Green Bible that I've got, mm-hmm. yes. which I, is a very cool Bible. Um, and any verses related that are kind of related to God as Creator or whatever, not always like ecology, but oftentimes ecology mm-hmm. are in green. So more like half of the half of the psalm, there are thirteen verses. I think six of them are in green, mm-hmm. so it fits for sure. And whoever devised the lectionary knew what they were doing. But um, I don't know. I got to the part where so in the NRSV it says, "You crown the year with your bounty; your wagon tracks overflow with richness." I'm like, now what? Like, what do I do with that? It's, I mean, it's fine. Don't you ride a wagon? <laughs> yeah. And right. I, I did look it up, and the Hebrew says. Uh, your wagon tracks um, are are like stuck in fat or something like that. Like it's because fat was a. That's oh, a, that's a easier to understand. That's a beautiful image. Right? Yes. <laughs> really, really. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, it probably was, but for us, yeah. obviously, you know, it's not. So. Yeah. What about you, Julie? Yeah, I was uh, just scanning through it. So um, in modern, uh, what I decided to have them do was to actually read it like a liturgy with me. And so I had them um, read a piece of it and I read a piece of it. And so we have this back and forth. And so it was a really uh, neat way to hear uh, the voice in the same way that we do in a call to worship or an affirmation of faith, the voices of the people saying this back in in, in a different way. Um, 
but all of course all of the ecology um hold on let me find it where's the part about joy it's at the very end and it's at the very beginning yeah it's the last word in the psalm is joy yeah yeah um so it's a little bit different but um uh but verse 4 which you read earlier Chris, um, the blessed are those who cho- who you choose and you bring near. And then that second part, we are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. Um, and then down in verse um, eight, there it is. The whole earth is filled with the awe of your wonders. Um, that part, caught, especially the day of, um, the day that we preached this particular text it was a gorgeous day outside and we had just had a really beautiful weekend and it was really the first cold snap after I think it had rained for a few days and then the weekend was just beautiful. Um, and so, uh, so it felt very fitting to talk about God's creation and awe in God's wonder as the trees are changing. Um, and you realize that there's just so much that's not in your control that you have nothing to do with that that God has created around you that is, is cause for beauty. Um, so that part stuck out to me as well. Okay. I just, I think it's in the very first part of the first verse, praise is due to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just that like period, full stop. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I agree. So I can get stuck on that. I'm like, Oh, you know what? Yeah. Like there are so many good things. Like, mm-hmm. um, some days are harder, but like, when was the last time we really just gave thanks to God? And maybe you didn't have to have a particular reason why, but just, you know what, God, like, I'm so thankful mm-hmm. for, for you, mm-hmm. <laughs> for your presence. Um, I think that can be a really powerful thing, especially for those that are kind of back to that help things. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you really don't have words in that scripture. That's like, sometimes the spirit like kind of prays for you just being like, I don't know, but. I really just feel thankful right now. And I think that there's this like childlike wonder too, that we're invited into and to open our eyes and see with either curiosity or amazement or wonder. Um, I was thinking about my three-year-old is very into the moon right now. (laughs) I mean, just, we could not be more excited about the crescent moon, the full moon. And so all week we've watched the moon go from a crescent moon to last night. It was a full moon. Yeah, it was a big oh my gosh. And we walked outside and we were driving to my parents' house and for 30 minutes, I mean, just as excited as he could look at that full moon. And he was trying to say, that's the biggest moon I've ever seen. And he kept saying, that's the biggest ever moon I've seen. <laughs> um, but, but there is that like childlike wonder of, of, of amazement of the things around us that I think when we're not paying attention and when we're not grateful, um, we miss. Mm-hmm. Um, so in your sermon, Julie, you talked about, uh, what a privilege it is to be where we are mm. um to both of you do you all have has that changed for you like this idea of, of privilege like um to clarify that in one of is it kate bowler or baller i always forget bowler i think bowler she talks about how like it's such a privilege to be able to age yes you know like how mm-hmm. people can complain like oh i have a bad knee or like right. all that and she's like it's a privilege to age right and so um, how do you all feel about, you know, it's a privilege to have what you have or where you are, like, has has a relationship with God formed that? Or how do you all feel about that? Well, and I have a tag question for that. Would you use the word privilege? 
<laughs> um, oh, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's not what would come to mind immediately. Yeah. I mean, blessing. Right. Like that would probably, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, every time I see that word privilege, I'm like, oh, there's just yeah. an honor. Yeah. Some, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. It so. is, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm an older dad. Like, I, we, I had, um, let's see, Sam was, he was born in 2000. So I was already 40 when Sam was born. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Max is just a few years older than that. So. Um, I'm always a little bit conscious of being older than the other parents, typically. Not always, but typically. And um, <laughs> now that the boys are teenagers, it's it's more it's more clear than ever how much older I am than them. Like with their music, they're listening <laughs> to and the phrases. Like I, I've caught myself for the past six months being very get off my lawn. Not with, not with them, but like culture yeah. in general. Yeah, um, kids these days. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> It, but the advantage of that is that, like the older you get, the older I got get, um, the more just aware I am of being grateful for being older. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. life's good. Like we're we're settled. Um, career wise, things are great. We're, we're in a church that we love, and so there's many less things to worry about than there would have been 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, that's uh, I'm cognizant of that. I'm for mm. yeah and i think we'll talk about this here in a minute reagan when we talk about your sermon and and your uh and your idea of the wilderness but i think for our season of life uh, it, it does feel sort of wilderness like that we are just sort of in survival mode that's mm-hmm. what i think of when i think of the wilderness is that um we try to take one day at a time and um you know between work and a three-year-old and um, trying to balance work and life and family and marriage, you know, it just is a constant juggling act and it's not always one that we do well. Um, And so what I, what I realized, and I think that was why I wanted to use the word privilege was that um, I can get so irritated so quickly about something not going my way or about something not working. So um, it's typically my phone. Right. Like I'll, I will lose my phone. Reagan knows this about me. I will either lose my phone or I'll lose my keys or, you know, the car, the check engine light's going to come on and it's always in the most inconvenient of time. And if it's not, I'm going to be irritated enough by it that it's going to feel like the most inconvenience, uh, mm-hmm. inconvenient of times. Um, and so uh, what gratitude does for me was, again, it, it shifts my perspective of um, from what an inconvenience this is and life is and how irritating it is to have to deal with something that was unexpected too. Well, what a privilege it is to actually have to deal with that at all. Mm. Um, and so um, that was some of my approach to gratitude and, um, you know, just to sort of thinking through my own entitlement in some ways. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else from that week one sermon? No, I think we got to talk about week two now. Okay. Yeah. You're the only person Let's here go, on week two. I know. I'm the only one. I was like, oh, look at that one. I'm like, oh, wait. That's Get just ready me. for all the questions, Reagan. Because <laughs> Kristen preached in modern, right? She, and she did. Had, she had to do one for getting ready for, yeah, ordination, for ordination or for commissioning. So, I, you know, I taught Deuteronomy this fall. Yeah. Was it completely opposite? I'm always get nervous when I'm like, oh, gosh. Oh, no, no, no. Right. As I was, like, I kept thinking... Gosh, 
we stuck her with the Deuteronomy. <laughs> it's not. It's a. That's a little bit of a tough. Yeah. Text. I mean, I. I know why. Obviously, that it's there for Thanksgiving Day. But what? What did you think about that text when you before you started preaching it? Um. Besides angry <laughs> thoughts around. No. Uh, let's see. Oh, there's been. When I had to preach about the bears, that one was real, real hard. <laughs> that was a character one. We had to include yeah. that one, right? Was, Wasn't yeah. that a character one? It was. It was like the huh weird stories of I don't know. We had to she, preach. We had a series about weird scriptures. Was that the she bears? Mm-hmm. Oh, fun. Yeah, but it ended up being a fun one. <laughs> um, but no, I think this one actually it was pretty easy to fit into the Thanksgiving because it's talking about like, um you know, where you are now reflecting, reflecting back and not trying to take credit for what God has done mm-hmm. and taking, yeah, I mean, taking all the credit and not giving thanks to God. Um, so it was like, but that's not probably the main point of my sermon, but it was, I don't know, there's far w- worse uh, scriptures yeah. I could have yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, okay. So <clears throat> early on in the sermon, you talked about a revelation that you had about the text. Yeah. About the wilderness. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Talk about that and... Because then it, that's what you carried through the yeah. rest of the sermon. Right? So, um, yeah, I mean, we all are very familiar with the story of the wilderness. Um, and uh, like I said, I've, I've read books and very familiar with it. But um, the commentary that I found was that the wilderness was not wholly bad or wholly good. And mm-hmm. I think I had always thought of the wilderness was just this like really hard time where you just had to struggle and suffer and um, – and then I realized, I know there's actually like still some really amazing things happened. Right. And so I was like, well, that's really what life is, you know, uh-huh. or like it's not always 100% good mm-hmm. and right. it's not always 100% bad. Um, and so for whatever reason that was, even though it's a very simple thought, I was like, oh my gosh, like how have I always I, painted the wilderness as such a... Yeah, I don't know that it's a simple thought. I think that's pretty insightful. Mm-hmm. I don't I know don't, which... which uh, um, commentary you saw that in. Yeah. Or, like, where'd you, where'd you find that? It, I can't remember. I don't think it was. Like, I, I've literally never thought of the wilderness as anything other than right. a beating. Um, I don't think, what's our big black and green ones we have? <laughs> you know, the big. The HarperCollins? Hot, mm. Oh, the, yeah, the Interpreter's Bible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know if it was in that one or if it was, it might have been in that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll have to look. I know I need to get credit for <laughs> where it was. Um, but yeah, I think that just, that made me see the wilderness in such a different way. And then because of that made me look at life a lot different, differently in, in this season where, um, I think we sometimes can be forced to just talk about how things are good and we don't talk about what's bad mm-hmm. and it's like, well, no, but that's part of our lives. Like, mm-hmm. um, so that's not being like truthful to how you really are. And so that's, I don't know, that was good. So, okay, so you say at one point, I think this did not end up in the cutting room floor, did it? I was thankful for the passage this week that reminded me that mm-hmm. life is this wonderful, complex, and weird combination of all the feelings at once, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. So so talk about that. Like, so you're uh, a mom of young kids. Yeah. Um, all the parenting is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just got different blessings and challenges at each stage. Um, trying to manage a a full-time gig mm-hmm. like both you and scott i mean it, it's a really busy time of life yeah and when they're sick, sick. oh my goodness so with yeah. thanksgiving that's that's tough yeah but like 
I, I loved that sentence. I want you to talk more about it. Um, yeah, I think sometimes we can get really overwhelmed with uh, feeling all the feelings of like, well, I've got all this. It could be like anger, but then mm-hmm. I've got this like thankfulness. And um, and sometimes you feel like you don't know how to manage it. And so we, we either try to um, hide a particular part or not talk about it or... Um, I don't even know, like, I just feel like we're not very authentic when we mm-hmm. are in relationship with other people. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to talk about the good and then we need to talk about the bad. And then we also need to like talk about the ugly stuff. Yeah. That's the stuff that most likely is not brought mm. forth. Yeah, we're um, not really good in messy, messy conversations and messy relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think as sometimes I said this as Christians, we sometimes can be taught like, no, you just need to talk about how good God is. And yeah, you should, but it's, you're not a failure or a less faithful person or less grateful just because you bring up, you know, this thing is really hard for me or Mm -hmm. this is really challenging or I find myself really struggling. Like Mm -hmm. that is, that is how we should live. That's how we should like be. And I just feel like there's a lot of well, that's not a big deal, so don't let it bother you. I'm like, well, it does bother me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is hard. Yeah. Um, and so finding that balance and realize, like, yeah, there's all these emotions, and life is very complex, and it can be feel very good. And it can feel kind of bad, but there's still so much good, and then that's just kind of how life is. So, okay, and then you did a whole thing with manna. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and when I – because – so my Bible study was Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and they are constantly griping about the manna, constantly. Mm-hmm. Your point is, it's a you're in the middle of nowhere. It's a blessing. You don't die, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, and I would actually that's probably both and. Like, yes, this is terrible, mushy, yeah, something dough, but it's keeping me alive. And I, so, talk about how you use manna throughout the rest of it, and how mm-hmm. that's relevant for people sitting in the pews. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the manna, yeah, it's not, um, it's not a, it's not a donut come out of the, coming out of the sky, but it's something that can sustain you. And maybe I imagine it probably wasn't, let's say it wasn't the most filling thing. So you're still left a little hungry. You're like, yeah. you're not totally hundred percent satisfied. And I think in life there are things huh. that are manna that, yeah, they don't, like I said in my sermon, like, they don't solve everything. It doesn't make everything go away. But it's that thing that can help you get one foot in front of the other mm-hmm. or get to the next day. And so you find yourself, you know, um, you you change your viewpoint of not saying, like, well, this isn't enough to, like, gosh, mm-hmm. I'm so glad I at least have this thing. Like, how lucky am I right. that I have whatever your mana is? Because I think... Um, Mana is going to look different to all kinds of people. And I use the example a lot that sometimes it, mana comes in forms of, of people that that God puts in your path or is in your life. Like that is God's reminder. Like I am with you and I'm still caring for you. I'm still protecting you. I'm still coming because I, I have uh, blessed you with these relationships or whatever it is. And so um, taking the time to see like, oh, manna is still being rained down on us all the time. Mm. Um, and instead of saying it's not good enough or there's not enough or whatever, you grow to be really grateful that there's, there is manna. And mm. so, yeah, there are seasons where it's 
lot harder to see the manna in your life, but I promise it. I feel like there is always going to be, maybe it's a crouton, maybe it's a really teeny tiny, but it's there, you know? I don't know. So, so what's the connection between that passage and Thanksgiving? Like, why do you think they chose that one for Thanksgiving? Um, well, it's go. It's reflecting back on like what was given to you to get you to where you are. Because now, um, the Israelites have have prospered, but like they couldn't have gotten there unless they would have first started kind of with that the manna mm-hmm. and like the smaller things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for us, Thanksgiving and the holidays in general, I think, mm-hmm. are just a time of reflection and realizing like. Gosh, like, I don't know if you go, since you guys both kind of journal when you go back and you see like, oh gosh, there was that struggle, but maybe there was my manna or look how mm-hmm. I've grown and I have so much more now to be grateful for. Um, and it always ties back to like, that God was with me then and God is with me now. Mm-hmm. And like, look at this steady present that has been faithful um, and lived up um, that God lives into God's promises all the time, mm-hmm. even though it's. Again, it can be hard to <laughs> hard to see sometimes. Um, I think just talking about because people feel pressure, like just talk about everything that's good in your life. Like, yeah, talk about that, but um, being okay by talking about what is a struggle and uh-huh. what is hard. Well, and God can handle. Not only can God handle the bad stuff, but that it, we bring we bring the rest to God as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so then around the Thanksgiving table, mm. do you do both? Like what, do you, <laughs> what do you pray for around the Thanksgiving table? Mm. Um, I th- Health, wealth, and prosperity. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's okay to reflect upon like saying, you know, this is, we usually do like, what are you most grateful for? I know it's a very general question, yeah. but it can turn into, you know, you know, I'm grateful that even through this time, whatever it is, I felt like. I was lucky enough to have my health or I was lucky enough to have this opportunity that, that maybe challenged me or grew me in a way. And you end up being like, yeah, that was kind of hard in the time, but now I see the fruit that came from it or how it, uh, it's part of my story and it's, it's made me who I am. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? Well, I think it depends on the side, probably the side of the family and the season that we're in. But, um, uh, Every year is a little bit different because every year there's different people around the table um, uh, with both a blended family and a family that has parents and grandparents in um, last stages of life. There's new babies every year Mm -hmm. around the table and there's a loved one that's not there. And so um, so we often take a moment at the table to sort of recognize who's here, who's not here. And to give gratitude for both. Mm-hmm. Um, but the who's not here anymore is always really is always really hard because that's a tradition and a memory that is not going to come around again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So where, where does Thanksgiving rank on your list of holidays slash favorite days? I think number three for me. It's probably number three because, yeah, I really love Christmas and I really love Halloween. Halloween. Easter doesn't make it in there. Wow. I man. know. Ouch. Sorry. <laughs> Let's just assume Easter is the most important. Okay. So set that aside. Yeah. Okay. So Easter's its own thing. So none Easter's of us get in thing. trouble with Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So number three, behind Christmas Day. So you would lump Christmas Day and Christmas Eve together. Yeah. And yes. then th- and then Halloween number two? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Okay. 
How about you? You know, before this year, I think I would have said the exact same thing. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Every year, October just continues to get crazier and crazier. And my kid is not Halloween kid so far. Mm-hmm. And so he has not gotten into trick-or-treating. And so, you know, it's always a lot more fun when your kid thinks it's fun. And my kid really thought Thanksgiving was fun this uh-huh. year. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I would put it – maybe I would put it number two. Yeah. Right behind Christmas. And I think it's a very good – like it's an upgrade that schools are out the whole week of Thanksgiving. Yeah. I think it's really, really good. And it too. gives us a lot of flexibility to go visit people or just like – Get, you know, just relax. Yeah, just be. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay. Any any last thoughts, Reverend Gilland? Um. Did you enjoy preaching on Thanksgiving? I mean, <laughs> about, about Thanksgiving. I did. I. I don't know. I the manna thing, just like it was a Holy Spirit thing that just came. It was like you need to talk about manna, and I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it really. It really challenged me and it has stuck with me and it, I hope people realize, um, I think I said this kind of in the end or the benediction, like how we, we can be manna for other people yeah, right. yeah. and like what a gift that is. Yeah, um, sure. well, and what you said in the midst of that, at one point you said that manna is what sustains us and that word has stuck with me of that, which sustains us. And how do you be that for somebody else? Mm-hmm. That's not fixing their problems. That's not. I'm bringing the best, you know, pie over or casserole mm-hmm. dish over. But I mean, really being an anchor in somebody's life. Um, yeah, that really stuck with me. Yeah. And then sh- just share that manna because we've, yeah. we've all got so many blessings and things and um, how we can give back is a really, really important, really important part of our discipleship, really. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. So coming up, we have turkey dinner slash a christmas carol two mm-hmm. versions that's friday the ninth. will there no, no, be no, no, friday man- the first friday the first yeah yep. oh yes will there be mana casserole there no no okay continue <laughs> lots of other good food though yeah yes. it's a lot of really good food and then the ninth is the santa experience yeah yep and then the 10th is hark, hark. Festival christmas music that's gonna be amazing that's 6 p.m in the sanctuary Yep. It has it an exclamation hark. point. I just feel like you always have to sing it. You do. Yeah, it has an exclamation point. It's not... Yeah, it's, it's not hark. It's hark. It's hark. Yeah. <laughs> and then the 17th is Lessons and Carols. Mm-hmm. And then Christmas Eve will be 10 a.m. Children's. Mm-hmm. This is a very different Sunday schedule. Yep. So 10 a.m. Children's in the Sanctuary. 4 p.m. Modern in the right. Hall. Mm-hmm. 6 p.m. Choir and Orchestra in the Sanctuary. I'm preaching that one. Mm-hmm. 8 p.m. Choir and Communion. Reagan's preaching, mm-hmm. 10 p.m. Choir communion, uh, youth choir and communion, and I'm preaching that one. So that's awesome. We're going to be back in two weeks with our episode about the spirit of Christmas, which is amazing. Yeah. So everyone have a fantastic uh, late November, early December, and we'll be back with you in a couple weeks. God bless. Thanks for joining us for this episode off script. It was hosted by Reverend Chris Dowd and Reverend Reagan Gilland, produced by Ashley Danner as a part of the Christ United Podcast Ministries. You can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available. Like, subscribe, and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week.